Hi, I'm Robert Wiemann, and this is Episode 1 of the Yellow Jack Podcast. So, what is a Yellow Jack? Well, back in the day of sailing ships, hoisting a yellow flag was a message to everyone around you that your ship was under quarantine, there was some illness on the ship, and people should stay away. The yellow flag, sometimes with big black squares on it, was called the Yellow Jack. So, I think it's the perfect name for this podcast, a podcast where you will meet some of the people who now find themselves quarantined because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Here in Canada, it's called self-isolation. There are a number of scenarios where people are being asked to self-isolate. The routine is basically to eliminate contact with other people for 14 days to make sure that you haven't contracted COVID-19. Usually this is for people who are coming back into the country from somewhere else, but there's some other reasons why you might have to self-isolate. And the self-isolation is meant to slow down the spread of the disease to flatten the curve. So who are these people? Well, they're from every walk of life and in every town and city across the country. There are people like Ina Fishman, who's a film producer from Montreal. At times like this, it's important we take care of ourselves. We don't need to add stress. I mean, isolation in and of itself is stressful. I'll talk to Ina and find out more about her self-isolation in a bit. But first, let's connect with Riley Colosuano. He's from Winnipeg, but right now he's stuck in Vancouver in self-isolation. So I was in the Philippines, kind of coming near to the end of my uh, two-month solo travel trip around Southeast Asia. And it was actually on my birthday when I found out, so March 12th, when I found out that Manila was going into a month-long lockdown, which was going to be starting on the 15th. And so when I found out, uh, we knew that there was no um, uh, flying Uh, in and out of Manila, but we weren't too sure if it was international travel. But uh, I had flights from Manila to Bangkok scheduled for the 17th, and then from Bangkok to home on the 19th. Uh, So obviously, I wouldn't have been able to get to Manila regardless with my current uh, itinerary. So I quickly booked uh, flights out of uh, the Philippines to Singapore for the 14th. And kind of while that was happening, uh, a few other cities around the Philippines started going into lockdown with even shorter notice. So luckily I was able to get out of the Philippines before getting trapped there. Like a few other people that I had met in the Philippines unfortunately did. Uh, So then from Singapore I was able to make it to Vancouver via Taiwan and you know it was kind of a hectic 48 hours but I made it here eventually albeit with uh, no sleep, but, you know, I'm here now and mm-hmm. hanging out in some quarantine, so good. Yeah, so you were sort of hopping hopping a little bit ahead of the lockdown, so you, you just talk to me about being in another country far away from home, and suddenly you hear from people, oh, they're going to lock the country down in a couple of days. That must really get your heart going? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, as I said, it was, my, it was my birthday, so we had a few drinks in us and uh, the group I was with. And yeah, as soon as you hear that news, it uh, definitely sobers you up real quick. And uh, you're kind of instantly on your phone checking the news source. And then right after checking the news source, you're on uh, Google Flights or Skyscanner just looking on how you can get out of that country, that situation, as fast as you can. Because, you know, you don't want to be stuck in uh, 
in a country that's not your own during a time like that because you don't know what may happen. Yeah, so a lot of people right now um, are trying to get home and are finding it hard because the flights either aren't there or they're getting canceled. So you are lucky, but you're still really not home. You got to Vancouver, and uh, because of the 14-day self-isolation rule, you are stuck in Vancouver for a little while. How, how, how many days have you been back in Canada so far? Uh, so I arrived back on Sunday, so Sunday night, and today is Thursday, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. I've been here for a few days now. So you've got a, a you know a week and a bit to go still before you can go home. Uh, can you talk about that, like the self isolation? It's a kind of a weird concept for most of us, although you know all, all of us are hearing about it now. But uh, when it first uh, occurred to you that you're going to have to do that, what what were you thinking? Uh, well, like you said, being from Winnipeg, um, I'm not a huge winter activity guy. So especially during university over winter break. Um, kind of did my own self-isolation at home anyways <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> so i'm not i'm not too uh too unfamiliar of staying home and uh just kind of doing my own thing you know especially uh yeah when it's you know minus 30 degrees outside there's really no reason to go out there so you know i've kind of got my own i'm kind of used to staying in you know watching netflix browsing the internet playing some video games here and there so so now you're now you're but that's all you can do now right yeah yeah so when you when you don't have the option to do anything else, it's a little different. Can you imagine doing this without the internet, though? Yeah, I assume I'd read a lot of books. That's for sure, and I'm I'm sure I'll still read a, a few books, but if I had no internet, it'd be odd, right? Yeah. Now, um, what's the first thing you want to do when you get back to Winnipeg? Oh, I'm not too sure, honestly. I think. As much as I find my, uh, the dogs back home annoying, I'll probably play with my dogs a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, best of luck with your stay. And um, have you found a favorite cleaning product? Are you, have you got a favorite among th- amongst the disinfectants that you get to use? Um, probably the, uh, the bleach mix, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> seems, it seems to work the best in my uh, unprofessional opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Riley Colasuano, currently in Vancouver, staying in his uncle's spare room, counting down those 14 days of self-isolation until he can get back home to Winnipeg. Though why he'd want to leave the green grass of Vancouver for the snowy streets of Winnipeg is anybody's guess. Up next, Ina Fishman. Ina's a film producer from Montreal who also spends part of the year in Los Angeles, and that turns out to be part of the problem. Here's her self-isolation story. Well, basically, I spent every winter in Los Angeles and, you know, realized, I guess it was last week, that I should probably come back to Canada um, sooner rather than later. And normally I then I would have stayed till you know mid to late April, so I got a plane ticket, and obviously, having been in the states, I feel it's my social obligation to self quarantine. I mean, nobody is saying it's mandatory, but I think it's really important that we all do what we need to do. Yeah. During this crisis. Yeah, and and you know, if no one else has said thank you to you for doing that, I'm going to say thank you to you for doing that because. Uh, you know, it's important. You, we are not, people aren't being mandated, but as you say, we're being asked to do it if you've been out of the country or that kind of thing. Um, uh, uh, how many more days do you have to go? 
<laughs> and, yes, twelve. Yeah, so you're you're kind of just at the you're at the beginning of your journey. Exactly. Uh, if people don't know you, you're a, a very long-standing film producer in Canada. You've uh, yes. you've produced a lot of really incredible films. I'm imagining that your normal work is sort of partly remote because you're dealing with people all over the world, but then the other part of your work is very much in close proximity to people. Yeah, I mean, the, the strange thing about, not strange, but my work involves a lot of travel, um, and I generally don't go on film shoots, but I go to film festivals and film markets all year, and my busiest period was actually starting very soon where I'd go to Hot Docs and then to Cannes and then to Sunny Side of the Dock and then to this event in Israel and and on and on and on until July. And then I have a little break and then I travel again. The flip side of it is because I do so much international business, I'm used to doing Skype calls and Zoom calls and emails and Google Docs and just communicating with my colleagues in multiple time zones all of the time. Yeah, so it's kind of a you've got kind of a real mixed bag of of activity so in some ways you are able to do what you were doing before but in lot in other ways you can't do any of the stuff you were doing before well exactly like i was getting ready i had a film that was showing in tribeca and then i had three films that i'm associated with showing at hot docs and then i was off to the Cannes film festival cuz one of my vr projects is being you know shown in their section as well and and on and on and of course all of that has been cancelled so at time when I'm usually getting ready for a crazy amount of travel I'm actually going to be doing no travel have you got people to help you like are you are you do you have family around you that's helping you while you're self-isolated or how's that working yeah so my son actually went and I sent him a grocery list my son's 25 and he bought everything I needed except the eggs (laughs) whatever just want to eat eggs for the next few days. And, um, yeah, so that was really helpful. And, you know, it's a little weird sitting at home, but, you know, when I'm in Los Angeles, I work out of my place there, so there are days when I don't go out that much. But I guess for many of us, it's like not having the option to go out, to even go have that coffee or see a friend or a colleague or have a face-to-face meeting. And, you know, I luckily have nothing that is filming until the earliest July. So I don't have any shoots to cancel, but I do have a film in post-production where my director from Israel was supposed to come to Montreal, and she was very determined to come. And then they instituted a lockdown in Tel Aviv, and she's pregnant. And she realized, you know, if I go to Canada and then can get back into Israel, it's or have to quarantine myself, that's going to be pretty crazy. So she didn't come. And also, a lot of, you know, some of the smaller studios are staying open, you know, sound studios, but, you know, even trying to do this in in normal times, it would be challenging but doable to do post-production remote. I could send her the online, you know, which is the final edit of the film, and she could look at it on a big screen in Tel Aviv, but she can't even do that. Yeah. So (laughs) because all those places are closed. Yeah. So do you find yourself like every day kind of going, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, no, I can't do that. Well, you know, I'm 
I'm trying to be as flexible as possible. So, for example, we were supposed to record narration next week, and her producer, because he's been busy, you know, trying to organize his business, hasn't gotten around to finalizing with her and me the final narration script. Well, we moved it by a week, and you know, it was so funny because I called up the casting agent, and we have a really very well-known Canadian actor, R. H. Thompson, doing the narration. And I said, "Okay, do you think he'll be available the next week?" And as the words were coming out of my mouth, I went, "Well." uh, He's not shooting a movie. He's not in a play. You know, everyone's available, <laughs> yeah. right? And of course, he's available. So what I'm hearing is that you're as busy as always, and you're not just sitting around, you know, twiddling your thumbs and going, oh, I'm, God, I'm, no. I'm isolated and I'm just going to chill. No, although I'm trying <laughs> to chill a little more. Like, I'll stop work at around 5, and I'll, you know, maybe watch a little junk on Netflix and, you know, and take my dog for a walk and a little more because I feel that at times like this it's important we take care of ourselves. We don't need to add stress. I mean, isolation in and of itself is stressful. Do you, do you do, does something like this as a creative person, does something like this give you ideas around like a film you'd like to make or a documentary you'd like to see done about well, this subject? Or The biggest irony is one of my main productions now is a film about the gig economy. Right. So we have finished filming. This is the one that we pitched at That's Good Pitch. Good Pitch. And with the Shannon Walsh, the director. And like now Shannon and I had a call this morning and I'm like, maybe we need to go back to our characters. And obviously we can't film with them because like we can't film. Nobody can leave and go travel or whatever. But maybe they could do video diaries, and maybe we could do Zoom or Skype interviews with them just to get an update about how things are going in this new reality for them. Right, and so for people that don't know about the film, could you just give us a, a quick pricey? I mean, I saw the pitch, so I know a little bit about it, but, but yeah, most people Yeah, it's a film won't. about this, this new economy of gig workers who are working for companies like Uber and Lyft and Deliveroo and TaskRabbit and just, you know, looking globally at how this new way of working has changed the way we work with each other and the rules of the game as it pertains to work. And the, the irony is one of the major pieces of that is the fact that they have really very little protection. Well, exactly. There, there's, there's freedom, but there's no protection. So people like some of our characters probably wouldn't have other jobs for whatever reasons. In France, we have someone who's a migrant and he would have never had a job, you know, unless it was for the gig economy. And But at the same time, this is a new way of working. We're not going back to nine to five. So how do we cope with that? How do we manage it? How do we legalize it? How do we protect the workers? All of these questions are things that we deal with in the film. So the irony is this is a sector. I mean, everyone's going to be hit economically by this crisis. But the gig economy is something, I mean, every day there's another article about how this is impacting, you know, these workers worldwide. So <laughs> of all the films I'm working on, this one is, you know, so relevant, so pertinent to, you know, the new world order <laughs> that's happened as of January. Yeah, and it's interesting to wonder how this crisis will affect, you know, legislation and a variety of other things. Well, also, you know, for the first time, governments are realizing, and legislators, that, hey, you know, not all the work, everyone on the workforce is eligible for unemployment insurance, 
right? right? Yeah. So how do we deal with the freelancers and the gig workers? And they're actually dealing with everyone because they don't have a choice. Yeah. COVID-19 is forcing us to rethink a lot of things. So I actually think that as, as horrible as it is right now, there's no question, maybe there'll be some lessons learned. Maybe. We hope. That's Ina Fishman in Montreal. On the website, you'll find some links to information about COVID-19. There's some information on the film Ina mentioned that she's been working on. And there's some other stuff, too. You can leave comments there. Also, if you are stuck in self-isolation right now, I can't think of anything more fun for you to do than be a guest on the Yellow Jack podcast. If you're interested, just drop me a line at info at podcasthouse.ca or fill out the form on the Podcast House website. That's www.podcasthouse.ca slash yellowjack. That's it for this edition. I'm Robert Wiemat. Talk again soon. Thank you.